0: Yeah, my travel with the podcast today, I'm lucky to have guest Kevin Goatee. How are you today, Kevin?
1: Doing well, Pete. How are you doing?
0: You are, you and I are, I, I guess, I would want to say, like, I don't want to be too presumptuous, but we're a similar elk of, you have a day job being a, a sales rep, and then at night, a, a comedian. How, how did that start out?
1: How did it start out? Well, I'll give you the long answer since we got time. So, <laughs> I, I was always... I've been funny. I always crack people up in, in classrooms and, 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 you know, different, you know, settings and, you know, the school for film and TV. When I graduated, my old, you know, I thought Stephen, I went to the school for film and TV, like I said, my old man was like, okay, now that you're graduated, it's time to get a real job. Yeah. Well, so I kind of let that go by the wayside. I got into uh, corporate America. My ex-girlfriend's father was in uh, diagnostic sales uh, for MRI company, which is now defunct. I did that and I just kind of really lost sight and and around 2000 oh, Jesus Christ I guess it was yeah it was 2009 I started kicking the idea around of just like you know there's got to be more than life than just sitting in meetings fighting with the politics and the bullshit of just trying to get ahead you know you 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 you're, you're fighting your client for what you know, to work way more hours for Hardly any more noticeable pay yeah. just to be in the middle. I mean, you see these people on the subway every day. They've got the zombie look on their face. You know, they're just they're, – they're counting down the hours until Friday at 5 p.m. You're just wishing away 65% of your life. Yeah, and yeah. I kind of had a come-to-Jesus moment in 2009. I don't know if you ever saw the film Up in the Air with George Clooney. Oh, yeah. Okay. I lived so, by
0: that, yeah.
1: It's a great film. Uh, so, of course, for the, for the audience who don't know what he does, he goes around he, he's paid <laughs> to go and fire people like his company's hired to go and, and like downsize people so there's one scene where he fires JK Simmons you know the, yeah. the drum teacher from whiplash and he fires him and he goes well uh, what am I going to tell my kids and including looks at his resume and says well says here that you were uh, you're uh, a culinary minor in college when you got out you were a french pastry chef and the line that shot a bolt of lightning up my ass was this he goes tell me this how much did they pay you to give up on your dream and i go holy shit yeah that's it right because i was kind of kicking i was like you know what about doing comedy like what about giving that a shot and when i saw that in the theater I go that's it i'm done and i just began to start writing material for about two or three months and then i had the balls to go in my first open mic March 10th, 2010 in the city. So that is the story of how I got in, and that's where I've been since. Doing comedy for almost now nine years. I, I do voiceover. I got into that, kind of fell into that as well. And, of course, came up with my uh, my show, Comics Watching Comics, as well as other shows I have as well. So it's just Wait. so weird how everything just manifested from just, Again, saying like, "God damn, there's just so much more to life than, than people bragging about. Oh, I've been in four cities this week, or I've worked sixty hours, or it's just there's so much more to life than that." And I said, "This is not for me." My my dad had two heart attacks from working his balls off like that. I said, "I'll be damned if that's me." So yeah, there's the Wait, long yeah. answer.
0: <laughs> no, no, and that, that's I, the the quick question I I, I want to ask is when you started your your Comedy trail, yeah. did you did you did you have any inkling of what it was like to be a standup comic at that time?
1: No, because there is no, and still is no syllabus to comedy. I'm still finding shit out on a day in day out basis. You learn by just experience. You learn by doing and, and talking to others and, and forming groups of friends and whatnot. And that's how you do it. There's no, there is no secret way. There is no it's it's it, it, you learn by doing and just be and being out there and and meeting others and creating and creating connections and and whatnot.
0: Well, and I, it, it's so interesting to me because I think a lot a lot of people not, um, comedy people that go to comedy stores comedy clubs think oh that's got to be easy just write a couple of jokes <laughs> and, and then there, there's almost really no overnight success in, in standup comedy.
1: No, very, 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 very rarely is the case. I mean, for every, you know, young comic out there, there are uh, 200 guys and girls who've been just on the road, grinding, working those shit gigs no one ever wants to do, but they need to to make, you know, their nut, their monthly nut. Yeah. Working cruise ships, working these weird-ass gigs that you never even knew existed just to make money. I,
0: I went to the comedy store here in Los Angeles uh, two weeks ago on a Monday right. night, and it was for a charity event. So it was – I'm like, oh, we're going. It was, it was let me see, Paulie Shore, Dane Cook, oh, um, Jay Moore. Uh, Whitney Cummings so it was, it, was a, it was a good lineup yeah really good lineup for you know for 20 bucks so and two we, we, yeah yeah we go in there and the guy guy sits us down and you know we have to get our table and we go sit down and all that and, and he was the fucking second comic up <laughs> like the guy that sat us down was the second comedian up on, on the lineup yeah,
1: that that that's another way you get stage time working these these jobs. I mean, yeah, that's exactly right. Sitting table, uh, seating people, tables, doorman, yeah. the doorman group, the doorman um, position at the at the store. I've read one of the most coveted. I, I know when Mitzi was alive, that was really important to have that. They made the most money and they got a lot of a good face time there. So it's been, uh, yeah. And, and he
0: started to say goes. He goes,
1: because my wife, would go. he's
0: walking up to the stage, and my wife goes, isn't that the guy that just sat us down? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. And uh, he, goes, he goes, I know what you're all
1: thinking. Yeah, I just sat you down. Shut the fuck up.
0: <laughs> so he, he, That's he the hell. That's it. a
1: hell of an Asian accent you do right there.
0: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it was just interesting. I couldn't believe it, though. And a lot of the people I talked to on my show, my podcast, are in all different fields and I just have not yet met an overnight success in the industry. Mm -mm. Whether it's sports, whether it's comedy, entertainment, singing, business, you know, when you started the comedy, you were single then, right?
1: Uh, Or I was with my, my now wife. We took a break. When I started maybe a year or so, like a year almost a year, but we got back together, and now we're married,
0: okay, so she knew you before the comedy,
1: yeah, and then she knew she knew obviously she saw me struggling and she, she did the whole, and i still still am struggling with corporate America, yeah, but she's been she's been insanely supportive. we have a daughter now, and we're really good with making it work for me and her and everything so. Well, that's one of the things I always talk about is, is
0: how do people balance, you know, between having a job and you've got your second career, now you've got the spouse and you've got the, the three-year-old. How big, how big of a challenge is it now balancing everything? It, it, it's pretty.
1: It, it's it is a challenge. I'm not out doing comedy as much as I used to because right now I'm pretty much pouring ninety-five percent of my energy onto the show and getting that just getting in front of show runners and, and emailing and networking and taking phone calls. And, and I do podcasts, you you know, appear on podcasts as well. So, I mean, it's not as bad now, um, with okay. being out as much. Cause right now I'm, I'm, again, I'm home in my office, I'm doing stuff. So at least more, a lot more su- accessible, excuse me.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So it's, uh, it's easier, but no, it's, it's before, um, you know, before the, even the kid, I was out. You know, three, four, sometimes five nights a week, and then now it's it's a lot less. So it's a lot easier now, and uh, you know, it's 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 easier. And, and again, it really—it's going to sound hack, but it really depends on who you're with and how understanding they are, and being honest with yourself. Like they know, like, yeah, hey, you know, this is great. Keep doing this, or they should be able to say, hey, or you know what, let's maybe it's not for you. <laughs>
0: Well, that's that's always the challenge. Most of the people I, I've talked to, even outside of the show, that are successful in their relationships tend to be the ones that that did their current jobs. You know, it's not like I'm in a relationship for ten years. All of a sudden, I want to be a comic. That's got to be a rough kind of get to to say, hey, by the way, I want to be gone three, four, or five nights a week. Yeah, while I'm, while I'm at my job during the day.
1: Yeah, that, that that's almost impossible to be really roading it. Like I, I have friends who are on the road, you know, four or five nights a week. One of them, wife and kid, and, it, and it's tough for him. But you know, that's how he makes his living. I have the day job to keep me otherwise busy. Yeah. So that, yeah I, I guess you know if
0: you if that's what you did for a living, then that's what it is. You know. Yeah. I have, he,
1: knew, he he knew nothing else but that. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I have self reps that that I that I work with in my industry then um, she'd literally gone through two pregnancies while wow. doing my job I'm like ah, how can I complain because I, I, I I'm a independent sales rep for a western clothing company
1: Wait, you say 99 yep yeah there you go
0: so yeah I, no
1: it, it's just and with the comedy thing on the road stuff just to wrap that up it's I thought I was going to be like oh, I'm be a road comic and now I'm like nope it is a depressing usually it's it, it, even if you are killing it, quote unquote, you're not making that much. I mean, now it depends on what your level of much is, but yeah, you know, exactly. I'm talking. Mike Lawrence, yeah, I don't know if you know that name or not. Writes for the roasts, writes for uh, crashing. He's a comic in the city. He's a great roast comic. This is probably five years ago. We did a bar show together. he Goes, yeah, I had my best year in comedy last year. I go, no kidding. He's like, yeah. He goes, going to tell you how much I made. I go, sure. He goes. 35000 and go, Jesus Christ. I mean, I, I was making more than that my first year out of college as a sales job. So to go mm-hmm. to that life, to be traveling all over God's green earth, living in shit motels, not the life for me.
0: But uh, that's, for, other, for, for others, that's, that's cool. The real... that's,
1: that's, yeah. For others, that's all fine and well, but you know, not for me, especially at this age.
0: Well, yeah, you know, that's the other thing is I, I think it's it's, Harder, I think, as you get older because you, you do have a lifestyle you want to maintain. You know, you're not going to stay in the uh, flea, flea-red and flea-bag hotels that
1: no. you would have when you're 22,
0: 23, 24. Exactly. So. When, when you traveled for a comedy, what were the harder parts of, of doing it?
1: I didn't have really any gigs where I had to travel for the gig. If I traveled for gigs, it was either you know, within three or four state radius or two yeah. or three state radius or I'd make it a part if I'm going on vacation somewhere like California or Vegas, I would set up time out that way. Oh, so it wasn't you. like, I'm like, oh, I got to go to Nebraska strictly for comedy. Like that's never happened. I okay. was again, I've set up gigs where I'll be somewhere, you know, or again, it's, it's in the New York, Jersey, Connecticut, Pennsylvania you know, area. You know, we're, uh, we're that area. So that, that's, that's really as far as I've been out.
0: And, and Because I've never been to a comedy place back east. You're in New York City, New Jersey area. Right. What are the biggest differences between L.A. and New York? We're way better. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
1: L.A., no. New York really is, is honestly the birthplace of comedy, best comedy, because – if you're in L.A., you're not just a comic. You're a comic. You're an actor. And I, I guess I would fall into that now the way I found my path is voice over my show in comedy. There are, But a lot of people – you moved to New York for comedy, and that's why. And it really is the breeding ground. You get better – you get so much better faster just by osmosis being here in New York than anywhere else. I mean, Boston's great, too. You know, L.A., and to a degree, I guess uh, – Chicago and Austin. I heard Austin's got a really good
0: scene, too. Yeah. But, I mean,
1: New York is where it really is. I mean, people, they're laser-focused on comedy, doing sometimes five sets a night or whatever, and that's all they're doing is comedy. L.A., like I said, acting. You're out there for the weather and acting and not just comedy. That's why.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Because <laughs> I, I, I've seen something I've,
0: when I've looked up to go to the comedy to see where I want to go, I'll see a lot of times the same comic will hit the Laugh Factory at the 8 o'clock set, then he'll be at the store at 9 o'clock or 9.30, and then he'll go back to the factory at like 10.30, 11 or whatever. Right. So yeah, you, no,
1: you, Yeah. exactly. That's the same way as in the city. People can zip around in the subway and do uh, a bunch of spots that
0: night. Wow. Well, what, what are the, the biggest misconceptions of, of comedians? Oh, my God, where do I start?
1: Because uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I watched uh, Well, i tell you what. What have you heard? And, I, and I'll clarify or, 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 you know, agree or deny what you've heard. Just, there, there are so many. I mean, one, I mean, people say comics are lazy. Yes and no. Yes, a lot of comics are lazy. They just want to be, have a place where they can just wake up at, you know, noon and, and then go stick around and then go work at night. But then, again, you have the people who are just hustlers like me uh, and others, you know, I know. It just, yeah. It just, you know, there, there are so many different misconceptions. I don't know. Throw me a couple. That I, can, I I just can't think of the top of my head. Um, I, I always think, you know,
0: with, when you run into to, to different celebrities and comedians, whatever, you think they're always going to be on. They're always going to be funny.
1: No. <laughs> and, and there's one for you.
0: Like 20, right years, like 20 years ago, I was in a sales seminar. You'll appreciate this as a sales guy. And they were doing uh, personality traits, you know, your a personality B personality yeah. B, D. and he, he said that that comedians tend to be I think it was a C or D, meaning they're, they're very um, uh, they watch they're, they're not nec- necessarily ex- extroverted, so they're, they're just watching how people respond and that's their comedy comes from things they see, not from things they're doing.
1: Right. That makes sense. It does. Because when I'm in my um, – I was just in a meeting today for the last two days. There's one guy in our group who loves to try and crack shows. So he's your typical office funny guy. Would he do right. well on the stage? I don't think so. Maybe, maybe not. But I, if I had to bet, I would say no. I don't say much. And my, and my boss knows what I do and all that. And, but if I'm in like in a, in a small group or at dinner – I'll, I'll, I can turn it on and crack wise and do my thing but you know in front of the corporate people it's not no because everyone's got to be safe and clean and, and just very boring office funny like I said office funny boring um, yeah. but I'm watching and I, what I do is like I'll I'll put on Facebook or, or Twitter like corporate, corporate America meeting update and I have so many people <laughs> saying I love when you go to meetings because all you do is just shit on the dumb stuff that goes on all the dumb things they say like uh oh, we have got our first uh, deep in the weeds comment, or uh, you know, you know that my dad used to call it bullshit bingo. Uh, yeah. or They would say some kind of stupid cliche, or oh, and we did role playing today. I'm like, god damn, here we go, oh. and people would just jump in about that and make fun of that. So people, yeah, I so if I, I yeah, I sit back. I don't. My boss is like, you really don't, don't say much. You know, I know you say stuff at night. I'm like, yeah, I just. What's to say I'm not one of these people who want to talk for the sake of talking, you know, that people don't shut up and make meetings drag on longer than what they should be. So it's uh, it, you're right. It's two different worlds. Uh, no. And by the way, for your audience listening, if you find out somebody's a comedian, don't ask them to tell you a joke. That's fucking annoying. That's like me saying, Oh, you're in marketing. Why don't you make up a, a flow chart like on the spot now? <laughs> exactly. It's, it's obnoxious. Don't do it. People hate that. And you'll find out a lot of comics unless they're new, um, they don't want it known that they are. You know, they they don't want to like, oh, yeah, I'm a colleague. You don't volunteer that. And I'll tell you another very quick story. I was just on vacation a couple weeks ago in Turks and Caicos on a plane right behind my wife and I. Was Norm Macdonald and Kevin Nealon, and I'm shit in my pants because those guys were my all too favorite
0: yeah.
1: um, weekend update They're anchors. Of course, I, I hear Norm like, eh, 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 and I turn around like, oh my god, it's Norm. And then I look to my left and Nealon's standing in the aisle talking to Norm like, Jesus Christ. So now, of course, I got to come up for the rest of the flight, to figure out how I'm going to say something, which I normally don't do because you know yeah. these guys are such you know influence in my life, and as long as you're cool, and whatever. So I'm talking like, hey Norm, just want to say I'm a huge fan of yours from in Houston and, and, and Neil for the uh, weekend. I think you're my two favorite anchors, and then uh, Norm, I guess, so you're the reason I started my show, Comics Watching Comics, you know, my, my show, and I didn't see the title. He's yeah. Like, oh really? What's it What's it called, man? I go, let's call cool. you know, Comics Watching Comics. It's on Amazon. He's like, really? He's like, Kevin, this guy's got a show. You know, he's a big fan of ours. So, <laughs> uh, and then my wife goes in there. Oh, he's a comic too. I'm like, shit, you know. And then yeah. he's like, oh, all right. You know, and then like, Oh, we play and all that, it's Just you know, I, yeah, it's just the whole thing that people kind of keep them alone until it has to be known, you know, so.
0: That's pretty cool. That's a good story, though. Yeah.
1: yeah I just old thought, old guys. have you seen Kevin Nealon's show?
0: Kevin hiking?
1: Uh No, I, I hear about it. He was just, it. was just on Fitzsimmons podcast talking about it. But I, I've seen it, but I haven't watched enough of it. It's pretty cool. It takes hike around the uh, L.A. area with uh, celebrities.
0: Well, He just did with um, Gabriel. Iglesias, Fluffy. How long did Fluffy
1: last walking until he passed out from exhaustion?
0: Well, fortunately for Fluffy, he was walking around Long Beach Harbor, which is flat and uh, and, and home to him. So it wasn't the, the hiking hills of the of the L.A. area. Right. But uh, so so he didn't get too winded. But it was interesting because uh, a couple came up to Fluffy and while, while they're filming, because it's literally just Kevin holding a camera. On a, on a selfie stick, it looks like. Yep. And they're, they're just walking yeah. around. And uh, the the couple recognized and, and wanted to say hi to, to Gabriel, but didn't know who Kevin was.
1: That's hilarious. Yeah, he said uh, again on the, on the podcast. I was, he was with Jack Black, and Jack Black got stopped like five or six times. People wanted to take photos and shit. So it's, yeah, that happens. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's
0: I, for me. I feel like I'm just getting old because there's so many things where I go hey, what about this? What about this person? Oh, do you remember this? And they're like, no. No. I'm like, fuck. getting <laughs> old. I tell the story. I had a sales rep. She's in her t- mid-20s. And we are talking, and part of my part of my, my uh, territory is central northern California. So I drive up, and I go down to 46, which is, I call it the James Dean Highway. It's the road he died on that he got in the car accident. And uh, I did a quick video of... of Basically, his last stop all the way to where he, where where he got hit. And I'm telling the story to to the girl at, at our sales meeting. She's like, "Who's James Dean?" I mean, I get
1: it. I mean, like, James, uh, what, what, who who's going to utter his name in the last you know 15, 20 years?
0: I don't know. I'm like, really? Check. Like, no, no idea. I'm like, all right, okay, I'm old. I get it. It happens, you know, and that's I, I, that's gotta be interesting for some of the celebrities, you know, the Kevin Nelems and who, like I look at and go, holy shit, that's Kevin, you know, I'd be the same way as you, I'd be like, oh shit,
1: and then yeah. others would
0: be like, yeah, whatever, I don't know who that is.
1: Well, I mean, people may recognize him now from Weeds. I mean, that's that was a, yeah. a new one. He's and the other shows he's has going on too. So it's it's not it's just that. So now he's got a, obviously his other stuff, but yeah, it's uh, what we know we, him for and what others know them for. You know, I'm sure there's a whole, I know there's a whole, you know, faction of the population who know only knows Howard Stern from America's Got Talent where I lived <laughs> in 1990, for Christ's sakes.
0: Yeah. I still yeah. do.
1: So they'll know him from AGT and I'll know him from K-Rock listening since, you know, I was in, I was in the seventh grade.
0: Exactly. I'm the same way because as, as a traveling sales rep, I, I, I listened to a lot of radio and I got tired of just listening to music. So then I started listening to, to Stern when he got uh, – syndicated out here in, in uh, California. And then when he went to uh, satellite, now I live on the satellite radio. So, yeah. what, what are the advents of technology? How have they helped or hindered comedy and or what you do for sales?
1: Give that question to me one more time. I, I, I think I got okay. it, but it to me one more time. Technology. You're right.
0: Uh, iPads, phones, uh, Google, Wikipedia. How is it how's it benefited comedy?
1: It's benefited because it's given so many different angles. I mean, without, without technology advancement, you'd only have maybe cable channels. Now, uh, you wouldn't have your Netflix and Amazon to the world and YouTubes and everything else. So you wouldn't have other platforms to reach population. You only would be able to reach people if you had an HBO special or you're in a movie now with social media and everything else, man, you can reach so many people. I mean, um, I have fans I had fans of the show when it was on YouTube from Nigeria for Um uh, yeah. Jamaica people have watched this show in Japan uh, my show um, Japan Germany England I'm forgetting Canada, not Canada actually and uh, yes yeah, <laughs> <tell laughs> they don't me. get it what's that
0: they don't get comedy up there
1: do you know it's I it's so good they love comedy Canadians do its just I, I don't know why Amazon video. They don't uh, – my show is not on in Canada, which is fucking stupid, but it's on in Japan. I don't get that. We don't, uh, we, we don't dub in Japanese. I promise you that.
0: No, exactly. Your show the, and is Comics Watching Comics. It sure is. And it, it's an interesting – I mean, you, you got, in the first episode, you actually talked about it a little bit, but it's kind of a, a, a weird – kind of touchy mix where you have some, a comic, a more experienced comic, kind of critiquing less, you know, not as polished comics. Exactly. Well, how, how did that premise come around?
1: It came about because, I think, yeah, a little bit before, was I was watching Last Comic Standing in the last season was with Norm. It was great. Everyone was blowing smoke over everybody's asses. It was Roseanne. It was Keaton Ivy Wayans. Like, oh, you're so great. That was awesome. I go, that was shit. And Norm was like, that was terrible, and here's why. Uh, and I'm like, <laughs> yes. Because most of these shows, with the exception of American Idol, they didn't have anybody going telling you how it really is. And you're not doing anybody favors. And they also try and portray it as, like, there are new comics on that show. Nope, I knew a lot of them, and they've been around for a while, with the exception of maybe one who was pretty new. He's a young kid, and they were trying to catch that early lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Uh... It, it, it wasn't really indicative of the show. And I said, all right, well, let's combine a couple of things that people want to see, you know, talking head panels. Uh, yeah. It's uh, nice. It's uh, so the Mystery Science Theater 3000 aspect, that's how I got it. And I said, well, I want to make a better version of it, but I also want to show the um, – I want to show wh- how we watch comics, ha, 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 And, like, the ball busting that goes on, it basically I'm taking the public behind the curtain and just showing them, like, look, this is what goes on. This is how we bust balls. This is how we break down, you know, jokes and ideas and suss them out and kind of like what, you know, Joe Buck and and Aikman do on Sundays with the Telestrator. Yeah. So that's what I'm doing is, again, pulling the curtain back and just engaging in good old ball busting. People want to laugh. They want to escape the their shitty jobs or their shitty reality or whatever they want to escape, they want to laugh. And I'm just showing them not only this is what goes on in comedy, also, I, and this is just a very minor aspect of it, it ain't as easy as you think it is. It's right. nowhere near as easy as you think it is. Yeah, again, you could be like that guy in my area who's the regional funny guy. Can he go on stage for, I mean, five minutes? It's going to be a lifetime for him. For me, it's nothing because I've been doing it for, for a while. But can he go on stage for five minutes and not eat his balls while talking about anything else but our, you know, product and stuff? No, of course right. not. It takes so long to be able to just to even have five really good minutes, and that's just it's, we're kind of that's what we're showing with the show, you know.
0: I, it's, I remember, I'm trying to remember who said it, but he was talking how he didn't like doing specials because then he was gonna have to work on all new material again. Because it took them. Yeah, that's the hardest pick...
1: part. Once you do a special, everything gets thrown away because you can't go back and do the same shit on the special. Again, I, it, and I, it, I never would have thought of that, ever. Uh, like, no, yeah, because think about it also like this it's, it's the old joke where it's you go to a band and they're like, all right, you go, you go to a concert, your favorite band, and they're, they're, they're doing a concert, and you're there and they're like, all right, we're going to play stuff from our new album. And you're like, shut up, asshole, play the hits. Yeah. You go to a comedy club, like you know, all right, and then they go to a familiar bit, like, "Hey, asshole, write some new material."
0: <laughs> it's totally opposite. I, I never, I
1: never would have thought of that. Like,
0: yeah. Like, it, and it takes the polishing it takes. I saw George Wallace go on stage. Um, I was at the Hermosa Beach uh, Comedy Magic Store here, and they said, "Hey, uh, we have a, a special guest tonight. He's going to work on some new material." Hope you don't mind if he's going to bring up his notepad. It's George Wallace. He comes up, and he's got his little yellow notepad out there. And he was, like, just trying new jobs.
1: Yeah, uh, that's exactly it. That's how they do it. Uh, they just don't go to open mics because they don't have to. They can go to a club and go, all right, you know, they're working stuff out at the clubs. That's their open mic. But when you see at the theaters or the, uh, you know, or casinos, that that shit's polished. That's all ready to go. They're not bringing out notepads there. That's for sure.
0: No, no. And that's uh, we saw Rob Schneider at the Laugh Factory come up and do it was amateur night, and uh, Rare comes up and says, uh, "Hey, we've got this guy, and he wants to come up and do some some work. I hope you don't mind, Rob Schneider." And there was, I think, eight of us in the club, so like we we're on the front row, and I'm like holy shit, it was amateur night. It was like a Tuesday night or Wednesday night. I was like, when Rob Schneider came up, did forty five minutes and was actually interacting <laughs> with us.
1: A lot of new material. Yeah, it was all new material,
0: and he's like, "Oh, that one sucked." Okay, you, you know, he'd, he'd write write notes, and so I, th- as you can tell, I I I love comedy. Um, when you're doing what what is your your ultimate end game? Would Would you prefer to just do the voiceover? Do you wish comics watching comics takes off bigger? I mean, you're on Amazon. I want to do it all.
1: I want to do it. I, I think a good person to look at is like. I I don't. I mean, a kind of maybe a a, maybe a Ryan Seacrest and slash Jimmy Kimmel, because Jimmy Uh Kimmel did so many different things. You know, he's on different shows. He's got a talk show like Comics Watching Comics is just one show I have. I have a few ideas with a a Comics Watching theme I'm working on, as well as a game show. So I want to do a lot. I want to do a lot of different things. Comics Watching Comics is just the beginning. I have I got a few other ideas. I want to get going, in addition to the voiceover, in addition to, um, you know, stand-up, and, and, and that's that's the plan for that.
0: When, when, when is the, uh, the the end date of your your sales job? Yeah, I wouldn't take that yet.
1: When I, when I make more money, when I make the same amount of money doing sales as I do with this, because right. we're pitching comics, watching comics now to, to some, you know, getting it ready to go pitch to networks. If that, if that hits, I'm out. That'll be yeah. it. That'll be it. And then we can really begin to, you know, get, <laughs> write my uh, fuck you corporate America letter and never look back at the goal. <laughs> Honestly, that that's always been the goal. So. Well, I know. That's why I
0: asked you every day if, if you had a date. Cause
1: no, no date. The only date is when that first, you know, when that contract and check, those checks come in. Then I can just tip my hat and, and and post my letter, my fuck you, corporate America letter on Facebook. Well, and, the uh, nice thing, the nice thing,
0: just so you know, corporate America will always be there.
1: <laughs> yeah, it will be. Uh, but I sure as hell would hate to go back with my tail between my legs because, uh, you know, I, I couldn't hack it. But you're right, I, I, I can. But there are other, again, other things, and other ways I can. Yeah. I think I've. Uh, I, I'm not a one trick pony. That's something I know. Ne- again, with. When you're in getting comedy, you have no idea what uh, what happens. Like I fell in the voiceover. I was told by you know three or four different people, like, "Hey, everything about doing voiceover, man, you got a pretty good voice." Never thought about it for a second, not a right. second. And then one night after a gig, a buddy of mine, we did a gig together, waiting for the subway, and the guy's like, "Hey, man, you're, you ever been told you have a pretty good voice? Consider doing voiceover." Goes, "You're like the fit person to say that." And, I, and he goes, "Tell you what, here here, here it is." I want you to talk to my guy, my vocal, my VO coach. He'll do a reel. He'll listen to you. He is insanely opinionated. He will tell you He will, he will not blow will, smoke. In one you know, a few minutes if you've got it or you're just wasting your time and the stop. So I'm like, all right, you guys he won't take your money if you suck, I promise you. So I'm like, fuck it, what do I have to lose? I call the guy up, do a few reads. He's like, No man, you're they're right, you got something. Come on in, let's do some reads. Confirmed that did a reel, and then I started having people, uh, you know, say, "Oh, there's this boy. There's this uh, freelance agency you should work for." Then I had a second one, and now I'm signed to the CESD uh, agency, which is really cool. They're a pretty, you know, pretty big size agency. So yeah, it's just so. The little point is this: is I, again, if I went, if I would have told you on March 10th, 2010, like you know what you're going to be doing, you're going to be doing TV yeah. shows, you'll be in voiceover. Blah, blah, blah. Because, again, I just thought to be doing straight stand-up. And it's just so funny how I've pivoted so many different ways. And it's like, shit, okay, all right, cool. Do you, do you find other
0: uh, – I'm generalizing, obviously – other stand-up comedians that maybe haven't been in the business world don't take advantage of those type of things?
1: Don't take advantage of
0: what? Well, different opportunities, That you know, a voiceover yeah. thing. Yeah, or, yeah. You know,
1: oh, my God. We, we, there are – it's of course not surprising that I gravitate towards the people who are in or have been in corporate America. Yeah. Because we know, we, we see, we see the matrix. We know, we know how to play, how to act, what to do, moves. We're, we're, a lot of comics, I guess this is one thing too, it's show business, but they forget about the business part.
0: Right. Right. And
1: exactly. where people like myself, again, with all this experience and, uh, and others, we know if we're going to see or if we're going to talk to people who give us opportunities, you know, networks, whatever, we know what to look for not to get fucked. We know we're, we're, how to present ourselves and pitch, like, shows or ideas or, you know, just even having a basic show. Like, hey, I can do this. I can guarantee X amount. Uh, it's a business. And once if you have that business experience, I really – I know – you're going to have a lot easier time navigating this minefield, again, without a roadmap, yep. that uh, others don't have that experience. If you're a 22-year-old kid fresh out of college saying, fuck it, I'm going to do stand-up, good on you, man. But I'm going to have a leg up on you because I uh, I know the business world and, and, and how to talk the talk and walk the walk and know and see if try- someone's going to try and fuck me. So, you yeah, know, without but, a doubt.
0: That's. I think uh, musicians are, are very similar. I have a friend, uh, Cowboy Troy. You know, he, he's a, a country western singer.
1: But I mean, he, a hell of a rap name, that's for sure.
0: Well, he, he actually does hip hop. So he's he's a, a six four African American singing country music with Big and Rich. So if you've ever heard the song, uh, Save a Horse, Ride a Cowboy. Yeah. That's Big and Rich. So he's playing with them, and he's doing his hip hop, but he came from a business background. He, he's got his master's in business and all that. So he, he kind of started doing the writing and acting or singing, but he also hosted the national star, which is American Idol uh, country music channel. Uh, he's hosted different things. He's, you know, he, he, he talks a lot about diversification because you can't just make money being a singer anymore. You're not going to make your millions of dollars selling albums. It's, it's, it's all about touring. It's about merch. It's about, and then diversifying, doing other things—it sounds like exactly what you're talking about, right? Where he's not just—you know—you're not just doing stand-up comedy.
1: Exactly. You mean stand-up comedy alone is a lot of tickets. and even the best people go into that large number called. You know, I think you need to have more hands and more different bags if you're going to try. If you want to make it, I mean, again, unless you—it's uh, the only thing you ever want to do, then by all means, but I really think it'd be best if you. Again, have more diversification. Yeah. If that one ticket doesn't hit. I mean, comedy may not hit. Comedy probably is not going to hit for me. I'd be floored if it hits for me. But maybe voiceover does or the show does. You know, I just think I'm better off diversifying. And uh, comedy is such a crapshoot as it is anyway.
0: How many, I have no. You mentioned the 35K. What is isn't? Uh, Day in, day out,
1: every day, stand
0: comedian work that's hitting the road and doing things. I mean, I have no, idea. I have it no depends, idea.
1: It depends where you are. If you're an opener, it's, you know, maybe a, a couple hundred bucks for the weekend, maybe. Maybe. If you're feature, maybe a grand or so for the weekend. If you're a headliner, obviously more. You never know. Maybe. Again, it also depends on how many TV credits you have. It depends on where you play. There's so many variables to that. Yeah. You know, Jerry Seinfeld shows up to the to Caesars in Vegas for a weekend. I mean, That's fuck awesome. if he's not making a million bucks for that, I don't know what's yeah. wrong with him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, it, it it depends. It depends how far you are along in, in the game. What do you have credit wise to your name? Well, like I don't mean that Jerry Seinfeld. I mean,
0: I don't even know, you know, not a Bill Burr or anybody like that, but just like. I'm trying to think of some of the locals I've seen, but I mean, it's not—it's not like, you're, it's not like you're becoming a millionaire.
1: Yeah, you are. I mean, if you're the one tenth of one percent, you are. Yeah, if you are, like, that's
0: uh, like sure. musicians but too.
1: It, it's because maybe you also have other projects. Maybe, you, maybe you're in a, in a film or two. Maybe you have a TV show. I mean, the clubs don't pay shit. Like, unless you have a door deal, you're there for the weekend. But if you're doing a regular spot, like a regular spot in some of the clubs in the city. Like 50 bucks on a Saturday night. You're not getting, you're not making your, your money off that. You're, the job is to get on the road where the money is. Private events, corporate America gigs, shit like that. That's where the money is. Not in like a, a club on a Tuesday night or even really a Friday night. I mean, you, the seller of those guys are not making stupid money. You know, the comedy store guys, same thing. They're, they're, unless, again, if there's somewhere for a weekend where it's just a, yeah. opening middle feature. Yeah, but if it's just a regular show, no, you're not making that money.
0: That's crazy. I mean, I, I guess that's just the way it is. So there's more people that want to be comedians in comedy stores that need comedians. Kind of a supply and demand thing.
1: Yeah, way, way, way too many comics out there now. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> is that, is, do you think that's part of the the, the negative of technology?
1: Uh, it can be. Uh, it can be. Yeah. Everyone sees it, thinks they can do it. Yeah. And then, you know, after a while, they realize they can or they can either way. Well, yeah. Yeah. Podcasting is the same way.
0: You know, I mean, Lord knows, uh, um, you know, Joe Rogan's podcasting numbers are out of this world.
1: Yeah. Well, he just did. By the way, before he talk about that, I mean, he had years of experience doing stand-up. He was on, uh, Fear Factor, all that shit. It's not like he's just rolled out of bed, started doing a podcast, and and fucking got those numbers and making that money. I mean, he did specials and all that stuff way before that. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, you know, he started the UFC commentating 20 years ago. Bingo. Yeah, there you go. Forgot that for a second. He already had his brand built up, but, I mean, there's Lewis Howes. There's other podcasters that are out there that have two, three, four million downloads a month. And yet, the vast majority of people have never even heard of them. It. So it's interesting, you know. Yeah. And, and there, there's six hundred thousand podcasts or something like some crazy number out there. You know, it's cra- we looking- it is crazy. What do you What do you have coming up? And what's the best way for people to to see what's going on with you, with you, Kevin? Kevin
1: Goatee.com, dot ecom Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Comics Watching Comics, uh, Season 7's out, Season 8 should be out any day now, I, sh- I probably should email my guy and say what, what's going on, um, Season 8 should be coming, by the way let's talk about that for a moment, actually yeah. this show is about itself, Comics Watching Comics is a reality slash, uh, reality TV slash competition show, like I said before, Comics uh, last comic standing meets Mystery Science Theater 3000. We tape a bunch of comics doing their best five, take the footage to my house where myself and other, well, I, I shouldn't say other, more tenured successful comics than me watch the footage. We critique, we praise, we offer advice, and if they're terrible, we take a big steaming shit on them. At the end of every season, we pick a winner. Uh, we vote on a winner. Now, the twist is this. The whole audience plays along, too. They vote on their favorite panelists that they would see come back to the following season and uh, or actually to the, to the all-star panel. And uh, season seven was our all-star panel show. We had all the panels that the people voted on, panelists, people voted on that they wanted to see do uh, the all-star panel. Oh, I so, okay. again, just showing the, uh, the climb of comedy and how it goes on. So it's, uh, like I said, seasons one through seven on Amazon uh, Amazon video right now. Season eight should be up any day. Like I said, it's it's a – it's a, it's a cool panel show that uh i mean it's ball busting at its finest you know and i think we do a we do a great mix of saying hey that's a great joke or that's a fan, that's a great joke but it could use a little bit of a tweak here or there or you know this person sucks uh and then yeah have to, it, and then and there's you, a lot of inner couch ball busting as well so
0: you you've uh, actually done uh, seasons 1 through 4 i believe are on prime
1: Yeah, and uh, season five, six, and seven right now on Amazon uh, Video, and then season eight will be as well.
0: Yeah, and the the one thing I I liked about the the show was, like you said, even within the same comic, you'll criticize, you'll condemn, that you also say, "Hey, it wasn't for me," but he he has he has good stuff. So yeah, 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 yeah. yeah,
1: exactly, exactly right. Um,
0: I mean, you're ball busting, but you're, you're also saying, hey, that was good. I like that. Or, they should have been quite there. It was kind of interesting to see how other comedians critique comics.
1: Yeah, no, it's uh, exactly right. We, we tell you what's up and then uh, share our thoughts and break down as why. Well. I should also tell you, about, I, don't, I don't know when this is going to air, but we're probably going to put, uh, we are going to take seasons one through seven in the very near future and put them on uh, all everything on Amazon Prime. So, just a fun little thing for your fans. Hey, everything will be on Amazon Prime in the near future, but uh, please go right ahead and watch them all right now on Amazon Video if you wish.
0: Absolutely. And and then Kevin Goatee will, will give the, the others
1: uh,
0: everything else that you're working on, I guess.
1: Yeah, uh, kevingoatee.com dates. I also do uh, NFL picks. Uh, also another show called Fantasy Football Jibber Jabber, which is on YouTube and on – Oh, Jesus Christ. Twitch. So we just, you know, obviously just wrap the NFL season. So every week, Gerard Heron is my my co-host. We go on. We give you our fantasy football players for the week. Also do bets. We're big handicappers. I am, at 61% for the year. Boy, I was a hell of a job by yours, truly. Exactly. uh, I killed it. I'm not going to be modest. I'm going to say I absolutely killed and made a lot of money this year. So look for that in the fall, but you can watch it now. Fantasy football, jibber jabber. Check that out. Uh, you can watch all the old episodes right now. But, yeah, comics, watching comics. Everything's on uh, Kevin Corte. Before... And uh, I'll be at – uh. For all you New Jersey folks, is where I'm from, I'll be at uh, the Polish-American Club this Saturday night at, at 8 o'clock in White House, New Jersey. So there's
0: one for you. <laughs> Killing it, right? it. Totally appreciate it. Hey, can I ask you a quick question? You can ask me 15 more. Just kidding. As a football handicapper – Yes. Do you, pay, do you pay attention to the combine and the drafts? No, not at all.
1: Okay. Don't care. Uh, because nothing happens until training camp. So all this is just nothing until until then. I mean, the draft's important, but then, you know, camp's the most. I mean, you can go out. Hell, you can even watch camp, or, or the, the training camps. Uh, I watch, you know, hard knock stuff like that. But then we see yeah. who, who shakes down where. I took Ronald Jones as my, you know, seventh-round pick from Tampa Bay. Uh, running back, that guy didn't start – he started a game and did shit. Everyone loved him all year saying he was a can't-miss, but he did. So, uh, I don't bother with the combine, that's for sure. Camp somewhat, but combine, definitely not.
0: Yeah, because I was wondering, like, who watches the combine?
1: Scouts like, and, and nerds. Scouts and nerds. Football nerds.
0: Yeah, I mean, well, scouts, it's their job. I mean, I get that.
1: Yeah, I, I don't care how fast so-and-so can – I'll learn that in the season. I'll learn – if uh, you know Saquon Barkley had a four four forty and, or whatever he had, yeah, you know, uh, I'll watch. I'll sit there the game. I don't want to watch it live. I don't care about guys' high jumps or, or bench press record or squats, or any of that. Or who can throw the deepest pass? I don't care. I always
0: thought it had to be for for, for handicappers and, and of that ilk. But then, like you said, it's like, what does it matter? Because
1: it's it's a lot of trends. That's for sure. Stats. Uh, stuff like that, getting the feel, you know, of, of, of teams. And the most important thing is this, the number. You don't really – you don't bet teams, you bet numbers. That's what you, That's, yeah. That's what the smart guys do. You're not going to say, oh, my God, the Rams are great. Yeah, but are they, they going to cover eight points? Not in no. But <laughs> I had to pass minus one and a half. I said, there's no way I'm going to take the, uh, the Rams. The number wasn't even close. To, you know, if it was three or more, I would have possibly considered. But – I was Rams all the way. That's so why I jumped on it early to make it an easy pick uh, this year for the Pats, minus one and a half. All you got to do is win by less than a field goal, which is what they do when they win Super Bowls. Yeah. You know, it's all about the number with uh, sports betting. I'm okay. Trying to get that best number possible. Either jumping on it early or waiting waiting in for the public to pound it to go up and then taking the underdog. you ever try and get ex players on, on your show? We did. have We, we shot a, a, a teaser for a show and we did have uh, uh, Daryl Reed, who was on the uh, the defensive line for the Colts when they won their Super Bowl with uh, the, the Peyton Manning-only Super Bowl for Indianapolis, that one.
0: Okay. But, yeah, yeah,
1: I, yeah I, I love players on there. Got any? <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. Uh, but ha- I, I would think you'd have to get ex-players because current players can't really talk about that, can they? Uh,
1: well, it's iffy because it's now – Being okay, especially I mean, it's being okay now that more states, thankfully, I live in Jersey where it is legal. Not whatever, so it's it's a lot more okay to talk about it here or other states where it is legal. I mean, I think it's going to eventually all come crumbling down. Where you can bet anywhere, like London per se, you can walk in anywhere in London and bet wherever you want to bet. Yeah, Um, because gambling's legal there, even in soccer matches too. But yeah, I, I think now with what happened last year with the legalization of it, it's just going to come crashing down. It's not going to be a taboo anymore. But I think maybe there is a somewhat or even small stigma, but nowhere near what it used to be. I mean, sports talk show, a lot of the networks couldn't even talk about that. Al Michaels did it with a wink on Sunday Night Football. He's like, oh, I bet a lot of people right now are looking for, you know, for the Rams to get a field goal for obvious reasons. But now they're like, all right, so the, you know, Rams laying four, they need to kick this field goal to go, to go up by six, and, uh, you know, they need this field goal for everybody to cover, you know. Oh, hell, they're, they're showing the, the fantasy, fantasy
0: points on, on the on the runner, on the ticket.
1: Yeah, fantasy is not, not near as frowned upon as gambling, but you're right. I mean, a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, that was a huge run by uh, by Barkley. That's going to put him over 100 yards. So, easy there's a bonus for a lot of people. Ha, ha,
0: ha. Yeah. Well, a lot of people gamble on, on fantasy football.
1: I, not not. Like, I don't call it gambling on it. it, it I know there's money exchange, which you could define as gambling, but I don't yeah. call it gambling. Uh, that's for sure. I, mean, I, I think your <laughs> straight bet is the uh, gambling.
0: Yeah, I agree with you on that one. But we don't make those rules, do we?
1: <laughs>
0: Maybe I will down the road.
1: Not, Boom. Not, not not for the not for sports legalization. I just, I just want to go talk about gambling, and that's it. I don't care about the – the politics, of, again, the legalization behind. I just want to get get out there and, and do it.
0: Yeah, yeah. So appreciate the time, bud. As, 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 thanks as for as having you. me. More importantly, really, right, you
1: Thank you for the uh, the platform to talk about you know me and comics, watching comics, and everything else.
0: Yeah, it's it's, it's exciting stuff you got going on, and uh I'll, I'll make sure everyone follows you as much as possible.
1: That would be just dandy.
0: All right, thanks, buddy. I appreciate it, Kevin.
1: You got it. Thank you.
0: All right, bye. bye-bye.
1: Take care. Bye.